Savior. Thank you for the, the gifts that he's given to each of you that help to, to lead us to him. So that indeed what we've been singing will be the case uh, for us. That we will be transformed by encountering God together. Um, my name is Drew Smith. I get to be the pastor here at College Hill Presbyterian Church. I too welcome you here with us and those that are with us online now or whenever you might be able to uh, um, join with us. Um, you know, you've, you've heard that, that uh, the, the saying, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. And that could be the, the title of, of this sermon. That's really a, a, a good rule, a good uh, guiding thought. Because in the, the kingdom of God, in the, the ways that, that God works, it is not the cover that matters. It's the story. It's what's happening in the pages. Now, every book has, still has to have a cover. And so it's important, but it really is what's inside that counts. It's the heart of the matter. That's what Jesus is going to talk about um, uh, to us today, that it really is what's inside. It's the heart. And that's what he's he's really focusing on. I remember several this is decades ago now that uh, Kathy, my wife and I were uh, choosing to wash our car. I don't know what overcame us to think that was a good idea. Um, because it just gets dirty again. Uh, but we were there watching the car. And I know it's so old because it had white walls. You know, it had little white walls on it. I don't know when that sort of gone by the wayside. But, I mean, we had the brushes out. We were cut. We were cleaning it up, cleaning out. Even the tire. We were cleaning the tire. And everything else about the car. We took the car in four days later. what's on the inside and that's what he's going to be reminding us about today it's mark chapter 7 verse 1 through 23 it's uh 842 in your pew bible if you want to um, uh, look for it there or you can follow along on the screen let's pray together Uh, almighty god again we thank you for your written word that speaks to us of your truth and now give us ears to hear Give us a mind to understand and give us a heart to receive you, what you say, to change not only what we do, not only what we think, to change even our desires so that they're in align with your desires. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mark 7, verse 1. Now... When the Pharisees gathered to him, to Jesus, with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the traditions of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, This people honors me with their lips. But their hearts, their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandments of God 
and hold to the tradition of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is Corban, that is given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down. And many such things do you do. And he called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his heart but his stomach and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, Foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What we see in the, the beginning in Jesus' interaction with the Pharisees and the, the Sadducees is that we make rules that we can follow to be right with God. It's just a human condition, it's what we do. We make rules that we can follow in order to be right with God. You know, we, we all do that. We set up the little rules and guidelines and compare ourselves to others or we make those rules. Yes, we follow those things and that's what makes us right with God. And, and those, those rules, those traditions, those habits, they're, they're good. They're not bad. Again, hear me again. Every book's gonna have a cover. Every movie's gonna have a trailer. You know, it's, it's what's going to happen. We, we have those things, but we make those the focus and our goal. Which can lead us to giving lip service to God instead of our hearts. Can, can lead us even to disobeying God. Now, that's what Jesus is telling the Pharisees here. You've, you've put up all these, these rules, these traditions, these guidelines, and so much so, some of them even cause you to disobey me. And he talks about this, the, that they had Corbin, the word Corbin, where he says, you can give all of your stuff, dedicate it all to God. And if you do that, then what happens is all these kids out here aren't taking care of their parents. They're saying, I'm dedicating everything to God, and they're not obeying the fifth commandment, which says we're to honor our mother and father. And that's what was happening in their midst. They even had rules and guidelines that not, that not only weren't helping them obey God, but were even leading them to disobey. And we know that. We've experienced that in the church. We can look back in our history and see days when we gave really a lot of attention to our clothing. That you were to wear certain clothes to church. And it's not a bad thought. 
You know, hear me out. It's not a bad thought. We want to wear our best for God. That's, that's not a bad thought until people start coming to church who don't have the money to buy nice clothes. And they start feeling, do I belong? Am I welcome here? Yeah, the, the very thoughts and ideas that we had end up getting in the way. Yeah, and we, we, we can, we know those. I mean, many of you have stories of how you were told, well, you can dance this day, but not that day. You can play this game on that day, but not this day. You can't play that game. You can't read that book. You know, we, we said, and again, they're, they're there to try to help and protect us. They're there to help guide us to God, but they become the focus instead of Jesus. So here the religious leaders are hanging out with Jesus and they, God in the flesh, the very people who say they're, they're religious leaders and scribes to help us know God and God's right there in front of them and their rules are getting in the way. Their traditions are getting in the way. Their cultural practices are getting in the way from seeing God who's right there in front of them. And we don't want that. We want to be sure we're learning from Jesus so that our focus is on the heart. And, and not on the, the rules and guidance and commandments. Now, on the other hand, today, um, we can, we can overcorrect by, by saying we have no rules. We have no guidance. You know, wear whatever you want. We're just here to follow Jesus. Recognize one thing. That's a rule. That's a tradition. It's a tradition to say we have no tradition. That is our tradition. You, you understand that? You know, I mean, it's like people that just say, no, I don't, we don't want any guided, uh, leader response kind of things. We, we, we just want to get up and sing the songs we want to sing and say the words we want to, want to say. We don't want to have any guidance or tradition. It's like, well, that, those are your rules. Everybody's gonna have rules. We're gonna have traditions. We're gonna have culture. We can't get around it. You know, we're, the, our culture is how we operate. It's what is gonna be there. The question is, do we put it in its appropriate place? So that we're sure all of us, all that we're doing is leading us to know Jesus. Cause, cause, I mean, look, in this passage, Jesus gives us a lot of rules at the end. He gives us a lot of boundaries. He, he, he lists off, what, eight, uh, no, f- like 14 different things here, man. You know, to murder is wrong. To steal is wrong. To lie is wrong. Adultery is, is wrong. To, to slander other people. To be jealous. You know, all of these things are wrong. He's giving guidance to us to say these things are wrong. But Jesus goes beyond the surface to the heart of the matter. His teaching in in Matthew 6 really captures this well. I think we have, uh, or Matthew 5. That Jesus rules, his, his rules, his guidance cut to the heart. I mean, you've, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who's angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable. 27 and 28. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. 
But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. See, he gets to the core of the issue. He gets to the heart. Now, the the heart for us, we think of heart in our day as emotion, as the center of our emotions and what we feel. And that's certainly a part of what Jesus meant and what Hebrew writers meant in, in that day, the Hebrew culture understanding of heart. But it's more than just what we feel. It is the, the very center of our decisions. It's the center of our personality. It's what motivates and leads us. It's our thirstings, our longings, our desires that lead us to what we do and don't do, to the decisions that we make. That's the heart, the very center of each of our longings and thirstings and desires, the very center of our personality. Whereas we try to make rules that we can follow God, Jesus makes changed hearts that follow God. His work in you, in me, and in us to to change our heart to change even our desires and our longings. And he never stops. He never stops that that work. No matter how long we're Christians, no matter how much we're seeking to follow him, that's his work. When he turns to the disciples, listen and understand. Take this in. Regurgitate on this. Meditate on this. Take this beyond your ears, beyond your mind, to your very heart. The, the commandments of God are not rules to follow in order to gain God's approval. It's not a contest. It's not a report card. It's not an evaluation. The commandments that Jesus gives us are a training regimen for our heart's transformation. The commandments that Jesus gives us are a training regimen for the transformation of our heart. He's, He's calling us to do these things not so that we do these good things and earn God's pleasure. He's calling us to do these things so that in what we do changes our very longings, desires, our very want to. That's his project in us. And that's what the the leaders in Jesus' day forgot. They forgot that Jesus was moving to the heart. he's, He's going after your heart. He's going after my heart. He's going after our heart together. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Our heart is that core commitment of our life. So, So the central question for us is not, are we obeying the commandments only, but is our heart soft for Jesus transforming power to mold it and to form it and to change even our desires and longings. What what was going on with the Pharisees, was going on with the scribes, what Jesus tells them over and over again, your hearts are hard. 
They were experienced. They were committed. They were religious people. But they, their hearts had hardened. They'd, they'd calcified. Instead of being open to the never-ending, transforming work of Jesus in our lives. Are you open for Jesus to change you? To continually be changing your desires. The last, last several um, weeks, actually, it's probably been two and a half, three years, that I've been wrestling personally in prayer. And the last uh, couple of weeks, it just became, it is just stale, it is redundant, it is rote. Now, don't get me wrong, it's better to pray not wanting to than not praying. You know, if you got, those are the only two options. It's better to pray. And so, so I'm very thankful for other people that put together prayer meetings and I show up and I pray. And those are, those are good things. But as that continued to, to just bug me, it started, just ate away at my heart and I started getting mad at the Lord. Lord, what is going on? Why is this? Why, why is this happening? Why is that happening? What is what is going on in me? Why do I just not want to do this anymore? And, and I heard a little voice in, inside say, well, why are you praying? And I said, well, I'm praying because I want this to happen. I want that to happen. You know, you, you command me to, to, to pray. You say, come and ask, you know, and so I'm, I'm praying because you want, I, I, I want these things to happen and these things are good things and you're not doing some of these things. And uh, so we got into that for a little bit. And then the final question was, well, do you want me? Or do you just want my blessing? It got silent then. Just like now. I said, you're, you're right. What, what I really want is my own comfort or my own peace. My own longings and desires. Instead of wanting you. That's, but what... The Lord wants for me, wants for you, wants for us, is for us to, to long for Him. For His beauty, His love, His mercy, His righteousness, His justice, to, to long for Him. As I reflected on this, I was reminded of a sermon that uh, I heard from a colleague, uh, Dr. Charlie Dates. He's pastor at Progressive Baptist Church in Chicago. Church is right next to what used to be Wrigley Field. I forget what bank it's named after now, but uh, anyway. That, uh, but he he was preaching, uh, particularly on Matthew chapter uh, uh, six, um, Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-one, where where Jesus said, "Where your treasure is, your heart will be also." And what uh, Doctor Dates said was, you know, it's really fascinating. Jesus' turn of a phrase here. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Because we, we tend to think where your heart is, there your treasure will be. And that gives us a lot of credit. That we can control our hearts. And what Jesus is saying, no, check out where your treasures are. What are the things that, that you are longing for? What are the things that you are desiring? 
That's where your heart is. That reveals to us where our heart is. So you see how Jesus commands his, his guidance, the directions, the, the habits of the church are a regimen for heart transformation because it's all a training regimen to do all that we can so that what we treasure is Jesus. That's what worship is. That's the purpose of the church is to build a community where we are helping, encouraging, supporting one another to say all these other wonderful, good things that are around us, our traditions, our cultures, uh, the, the, the beautiful, wonderful things around us, they're, they're great to experience and know, but they are not our treasure. Jesus is our treasure. So as we do the work, is whatever traditions we have or think we don't have, whatever the habits are that we have and don't have, we're doing all of those things so that it helps train our hearts upon Jesus so that we treasure Him. Following Jesus is a journey of aligning our hearts, our loves, our longings with His To want what God wants. To desire what God desires. To hunger and thirst after God. And crave a world where Jesus is all in all. Now that's from Dr. James K.A. Smith. There's a couple things there. One, his last name. So you got to listen to him there. The other is, he's got two middle initials. That's impressive. Put that uh, back up, Bailey, for me. That, uh, that quote. Following Jesus is a journey of aligning our loves and longings with His. To want what God wants. To desire what God desires. To hunger and thirst after God. And crave a world where Jesus is all in all. That's a great definition of what the purpose of the church is. As I said, a community that does what we do, that has the habits and traditions that maybe we have to change periodically so that we don't get focused on the habit and tradition, but we center on its goal, the treasure, which is Jesus. So a couple questions just to think about this this week as we consider this this passage. Are, Are you listening for God's leading of your life today? Is your heart soft towards Him? Is your heart soft enough so that as Jesus interacts with you, as you interact with His Word, as you gather with other followers of Jesus, that, that, that you or your heart is being formed by Him, transformed, reformed, reawakened, What might be a desire in you that the Lord is already lifting up to say, this desire is not mine. This desire is yours. What, what, what might be a desire that he's bringing up uh, to you uh, along those lines? 
And are you, are you in relationships with a couple other people, growth group, a study, a small group? Are you in relationships with folks where you are in a place where you can even share that with one another so that you're praying for each other? You're, you're helping each other. You're holding one another accountable. Or you can say, you know, my heart's hard here. Or I know that this desire is not of the Lord. And if you're like me, you know, you may have been saying this same desire is not of the Lord for five decades. I mean, I got prayer journals that say the same thing from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, even to the 2020s. And the Lord is gracious and merciful and continuing to work within us. Because what he wants is a soft, soft heart. Eventually, it'll be perfected. Eventually, it'll be perfected with him. And so anything that we do, this is the good news, anything that we do along those lines is eternal. Even the little incremental changes, the subtle changes of our heart. But are you in places, in a space, and with people where you can share those kind of realities and get that kind of feedback, a safe place to be able to have that kind of accountability? Now, what what I want you to hear today, above all things, is don't go try harder. Don't go try harder because that becomes about you. What I want you to do is continue to seek Jesus. Continue in community to seek Jesus. Lay your heart out to Him. Continue to get to know Him. Continue to be reminded. Continue to be formed by His grace, His mercy. We need His words over and over again. You know, we're only here 20... I'm. You know, we're here an hour. Sometimes an hour five sometimes an hour 10. We're here an hour, one day a week. You know, and the average these days is that uh, folks are here 2.2 times a month. So that's 2.2 hours a month. You know, that, that's, that's not going to impact all the other voices around us that are trying to form our heart. So don't, don't go try harder, be better. Go just continue to spend time with Jesus. Let His words overwhelm you. Let his words continue to form your heart. Be in community where that is what you're doing. You're engaging with Jesus, engaging with the Holy Spirit together. And, and if, if you, someone's here today or someone's online and you're not a follower of Jesus, you're just interested in following. Well, he wants to transform your heart too. If you have a desire, you, you know, yeah, your heart's hard. There's things, longings and desires within you that, that, that are uh, ugly to you. He, he wants to transform your heart. So I invite you to do the same. Continue to hang out with us. Continue to look in Jesus' words. Join a growth group. Uh, join with other folks that are seeking to, to do the same. And experience how Jesus will change your heart as well. The cover of the book is important. Every book's going to have a cover. But the focus is the story. That's the heart of the matter. Jesus is there. Changing me and you and us from the inside out. And that changes the cover as well. Let's pray. 
Almighty God, we do give you thanks for your grace and mercy, your wonderful power that is at work in us, your call upon us to come and know you and experience you. And Lord, we pray for us. You bring to mind uh, each of us individually just ways that you are working on us now or that you've worked on us in the, the past that we celebrate the way that you transform us. And continue to, to lead us as a, as a church in all that we do so that what, what we're doing is, is enabling us, empowering us, uh, guiding us, giving direction, forming habits and practices that make our attention upon you, that prepare and soften our hearts to receive from you so that you even change our very desires that you rightly ordered them. Father, we are thankful as well that you are at work in us uh, making right body, mind, and heart. And we pray for those that are currently in the midst of, of struggle with physical health and emotional health. We pray for Tim Duncan. We pray for Deanna Huddleston, Deanna Huddleston who lost um, her... Uh, family member in the last week. We continue to pray for Cheryl Merrihue, for David and Annette Welch. We, we pray your, your hand upon them. And Lord, we, we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world and others across the street. We continue to lift up to you the, the church in Ukraine and the church in the surrounding areas in the midst of the, the war, the church in Ethiopia and the Congo and the, the wars that are going on there. Lord, we, we pray that they would be seeking you, their hearts would be transformed in the midst of such chaos, and, and that they would be a witness to you. And gracious God, we celebrate that you hear and respond in prayers, and Lord, we thank you that Morgan and, and, and Jesse and baby Gio came home from the hospital this week, that the, the pacemaker and, and Gio is, is working, and the defibrillator, and, and we pray that the feeding tube that he still has would be removed Thank you for this step to, to celebrate. And, and other needs, Lord, other physical needs, emotional, spiritual, relational needs that are on our hearts and minds, we lay them before you. In everything, Lord, we present our hearts to you. Soften them. Change them. Reveal to us where they're hard. Reveal to us where our desires and longings and thirsts and hungers are out of step with yours. Continue to form us so that what our desires become more and more in align with yours. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.